Okay, Groovers, Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 153, coming to you from Saudi Arabia. This is Adam Piggott, your host with the most. It's been a couple of weeks. Yes, I know. You're not going to get anything regular out of me. It's not going to be like a bowel movement. It's going to be more like a case of dysentery. It'll crop pop up on you when you're least expecting it, and then it'll be a horrible burn. Um, it's been a uh, really busy couple of weeks for me over here in Saudi. Work-wise, I had uh, a management team come in from overseas last week, which is great because they're all good guys and I get on very well with all of them. And But, you know, every day, every night we were uh, doing stuff, working during the day, work dinners during the night, so not much chance for me to really do anything on the old interwebs. I think I wrote one article, but even that was really difficult to get out. Podcast, no way. But okay, here I am. It's Saturday afternoon, which is basically Sunday afternoon here because Sunday's Monday in Saudi Arabia. Though we'll see for how much longer because... Uh, Dubai and uh, United Arab Emirates and Bahrain and uh, Qatar have all gone to the normal Monday to Friday and Saudi tends to follow them eventually. So it's actually there's been big changes in Saudi in the two years that I've been coming down here. Uh, so two, oh, not even two years ago, so 18 months ago when I was first here, so that was November 2019, there was the religious police and what they would do, they would drive around and if you were walking down the street with a woman and they'd stop and they'd check you a husband and wife if, or you were brother and sister. If you weren't, you were in deep shit um, with, the f- with the five calls to daily prayer. If your shop wasn't closed at that time, they could give you a massive fine and all sorts of stuff. And they were everywhere. If you were a guy and you are wearing like shorts... Yeah, you're in trouble. They'd pull up and uh, pop you in the back of their van and off you go and you'd have a bit of a hard time. They're gone. They don't exist anymore. The prince got rid of them. (coughs) Out of here. Uh, Two years ago, um, women got the right to drive cars, which was terrible timing as far as I was concerned. I mean, why did they have to do that to me? It's fucking terrifying. Can you imagine, like, a 100 years of women never driving cars and then suddenly they're let loose on the roads you've got no idea how terrifying this is it's uh it's unbelievable uh and 80 percent of saudi drivers are on their phone and by and by that i mean they're dedicated on their phone like 90 percent of their time visual time and concentrations on their phone and 10 minutes is to look up at the, you know, 100 mile an hour freeway and see, you know, whether or not they've drifted into oncoming traffic. The only thing going for the drivers over here is there's no drink driving because there's no alcohol officially in Saudi. Um, God help us all when they, uh, when they bring that in and they follow the UAE and uh, Bahrain on that one, which I've heard is going to happen in the next year or so. So uh, there we go. Uh, so... Uh, today was a big day in yours truly um, in Saudi Arabia because I went to Bahrain for the first time. Now I lived just next to the. There's basically there's a causeway 
Uh, it's a 20-minute-long causeway. It's a bridge, basically, across the Arabian Sea, or the Gulf of Arabia, from the Saudi Peninsula to Bahrain. And I haven't been able to go for two reasons. One, I haven't had time, uh, even on weekends. And two, I haven't had a exit entry visa because I'm here on a work permit. But your work permits, you have to get permission from your employer to leave the country. Now, um, I'm basically the one who gives the permissions in my company, but we've just set up here and we weren't sure how the system worked. La-di-da-di-da-di-da. Took a lot of mucking around to work it out, but we got there. So today, this morning, 9am, I drove out of Saudi Arabia to Bahrain um, there's a few things that I want to talk about in regards to this little adventure that I had today. Um, and I got back about an hour ago. Um, so that's, yeah, 5.30, something like that. So about eight hours in Bahrain. The first time that I went overseas in my life was back in 1997 when I was leaving Australia for Canada to go work in Canada for a whitewater rafting instructor. And that's 1997, so that's 25 years ago exactly, almost to the day, to the day. The thing that sticks in my most, in my mind most, in my most, in my mind most about that trip and that period of my life was leaving Australia. So I flew out of Cairns International Airport up in the tropics, the Great Barrier Reef, on um, far north Queensland there, the tropical part of Australia. And the thing that I remember most is the rudeness, not just the rudeness, the sheer aggressiveness of, I don't know, Customs Border Patrol. I don't even know who the guy was. Basically, I was through passport control and I was walking down the corridor towards my gate and I got stopped by this official and it was definitely an official you know um, who then gave me the third degree but his he was antagonistic towards me in an over-the-top way I mean like he was treating me with the most disdainness of disdain that it's possible to treat someone. I mean, beyond rudeness, beyond anything. And it was so rude and it was, it was so in your face that I was just shocked. And, and this was my first international flight, so I had no idea. I didn't know if this was the norm. Of course, if this happened today, well, I'd, I'd kick up a really big stink. But as a 25-year-old version of myself, all I did was stand there wide-eyed and take it I can't even begin to communicate how belligerently rude this individual was to me for no reason at all. No reason at all. Just being a total prick. That's what sticks with me most about my trip to Canada. Coming back into Australia six months later, I didn't get the same level of rudeness but it was pretty close. Perhaps you've seen those 
Australian Border Patrol shows on Discovery, whatever. Trust me, they're not exaggerated. In fact, they're pretty mundane. Those Border Patrol agents in Australia on that show are really on their best behaviour because the cameras are rolling. They're much worse than that. They are, without doubt, the rudest individuals on the face of the planet. All of them, as far as I'm concerned, can go and die in a grease fire, and it will be not too soon. Trust me on that one. So today, driving across the bridge to Bahrain, I've got to leave Saudi Arabia on this bridge, and on the same bridge, I've got to enter Bahrain. So we're talking... Two border points. But also the bridge is a toll bridge. There were basically on the way there, I think, five stops. The first was to pay the toll. That was it. Then you, you did about three or four kilometres and you came onto this big island and that's where there was another four stops or so. And I can't remember, but we're looking at passport, um, right to be there. Um, insurance for your car in Bahrain while you're there, customs, and then the same thing on the Bahrain side. So it was a lot of stops. Every single individual, every single bureaucrat sitting in their little huts there on the bridge, probably bored out of their fucking minds, was probably the nicest interaction that I've ever had with customs or border patrol bureaucracy ever in my life, ever. And I've been just about everywhere. I mean, okay, there's a couple that stick with me. There's a couple that stick with me. The second one I did was a, a woman, Saudi woman, gave her my uh, passport she flipped it open. Then she asked me to take off my sunglasses so she could get a decent look. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And uh, then she says, is your name Adam? And I said, yes, my name's Adam. And then I gave her my full name. Just, you know, just not to, to save a bit of time. I was like, yeah, that's definitely my passport. And she said to me, that's a very, very nice name. That's a lovely name. And I said, really? No one's ever said that to me. She says, no, 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 it's a very handsome name. And I went, oh, thank you very much. And we went back and forth a little bit more. What? What's going on? Get to the next one. It's uh, the Bahrain side. And uh, give him a passport over. I say to the guy, oh, you know, it's my first time in Bahrain. First time in Bahrain, Mr. Adam. He's calling me by my name. He's had a look at my passport. He's, yes, I know it's all, it's all trained so they can catch you up, blah, blah, blah. It was just so nice. If they're going to try and catch you out to see whether or not you are or not the person it's going to be, if I've got to choose between a person being really, really pleasant to me or a total fucking prick, I'll take the pleasant people. So, amazing, amazing. So I go on a bar rank and... I went to Catholic church because I haven't been to a, to a Catholic church in seven months. I've been here seven months, haven't been to church in seven months. So no confession, uh, no sacrament, nothing. Go to this 
Catholic Church, Sacred Heart. Now, I looked them up online. And yes, they've got Catholic churches in Bahrain. They don't have them in Saudi, but they've got them in Bahrain. A couple of them. And online, I didn't have much hope because they had a whole bunch of stuff about corona, about wearing masks, about distancing yourself, just buying into the whole, the whole rubbish. So I go there and it's a Saturday. So the big day is Friday here. That's Friday is basically the version of Sunday here. So I've come across on the Saturday, Saturday morning about 10. I go in. I thought it would be quiet and I could go to confession. It wasn't quiet. It was first Holy Communion. And there were kids everywhere and parents everywhere dressed to the nines. But that was all really nice. That was all really nice. So I sat in the back of the church, big church, they were all up on the stage having their photos taken before the service with the parents and all that sort of thing, and that was really nice. But there were a few, there were a few things that just added to what I'd seen on their website. First of all was the band. This is a Catholic church. This isn't a bunch of Anglicans or Protestant morons. This is a Catholic church, and they had guitars, and they were setting up and a flute. For Christ's sake, there was no war going to be seen. Look, if you've got guitars in a church, in a, in a Christian church, it's all over, as far as I'm concerned. You just, it's just... Here's the thing. Once you recognise Globo Homo, you can't unsee it. It's there. You can't, you can't just put it to the side and say, I'll go through with this anyway. It's, it's just not possible. It's just not possible. And I'm looking around at this church and I'm seeing all the little things adding up. Another big one was the amount of women that were involved, that were up on the, up on the dais there, with ru- running around organising things. It's just like, ah. Oh. The amount of family. There was a family that rocked in while I was sitting there. Mum, dad, four kids, they all got uh, face masks on. There's no more face masks in Bahrain. There's no more checks. There's no more vaccination certificates. This is why I've gone across it. This is one of the reasons I've waited. Actually, that's the other big reason I've waited so long to go across because of the whole vaccination thing. There's nothing in place anymore. How can a family of six, family of six come in and all the kids have a fully masked up? Like with, with proper N95 masks, face and... Now, I just, and no one says anything to them. No one says anything. You can see them greeting the other parishioners who are not masked up and everyone's treating them like they're normal as opposed to the fucking morons, which they obviously are. Who does that to their children? I mean, geez, I mean, like I said, once you recognise Globo Homo, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee the people who have bought into it all the way through, all the way through. So I sat in the church for about 15 minutes. Obviously, I'm not going to get to confession. That's okay. I just wanted to go see the church and see where it was. I, I, I left. I got up and, and left and all the rest of it. There was no holy water, of course. Corona. Ah, fuck me. Um, so that was a bit disappointing. I, I, I didn't Honestly, I didn't have any hopes for the church. After seeing their website, I knew it was going to be a total clusterfuck. And it was. You just got to pray at home, guys. You got to say the rosary every day. 
This week, I, on a personal note, I got control of a venal sin, not a mortal sin, but a venal sin that's plagued me my whole life. And I made a commitment to God yesterday during the rosary because I'd had enough, got to a crisis point where no more am I going to do commit this sin anymore. It's the, it's the venal sin of judgment, judging others, just so you know. I'm not going to do it anymore. That's it. It's, it's done. And I asked God for forgiveness on that and prayed the rosary and did my penance for the day. I fasted yesterday. Honestly, I get a hundred times more out of doing something like that than I do going to a Catholic church that's, in, that's brought into the Globo Homo stick. I, I, I think if you go, go to a church like that, you're going backwards a, a long way. It's like one step forward, a hundred steps backwards. So it's all underground now. Unless you can find the proper Latin Mass churches, proper, proper Trident Time churches that we're talking about, uh, which obviously I'm not going to find in Bahrain. So I'll probably do a trip to Italy later this year and, and the, the primary reason for that trip one of the primary reasons will be going to church okay so leave the church then for some reason my sim card's not working so i can't use google maps to get around this is a bit of a problem because <laughs> i'm in bahrain it's not very it's not that big but still i was there for another reason that was to buy something for myself it's been a year of professionally and personally really tough. Uh, moving down to Saudi Arabia, the time before that was very difficult. Um, coming down here, working my butt off, I had a reward in sight. So 40 years ago, my father um, bought a Bang & Olufsen turntable brand new which for growing up for me and my brother was you know was the really cool thing and 40 years later today i bought a bio sound 2 brand new um brass uh, from the shop in bahrain looks amazing sounds insane i've i've turned it i've since i've got home i've just had it going uh what have i been listening to i've been listening to some very cool tunes uh i don't know if this is going to give me any street cred or not um but the first tunes have been etiani di cressi uh and their album uh, super discount starting off with pritch chock from 1998 yeah you know it um so that's been very 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 nice um that's been my my reward for myself so um that was cool um and i also bought some flip-flops which i really needed desperately uh and then i went for lunch at a restaurant at the four seasons now i wanted to go to another place but of course my google maps wasn't working so that was a problem so i i leave the bang and ollison store which is located in this in this very nice mall and I'm driving along the highway with no idea what I'm going to do, but I want to have lunch. Because I haven't had alcohol for over seven months, guys. No booze. 
and I want a really good lunch. And yesterday I fasted. Like I didn't have anything to eat all day. So it was like almost a 40-hour fast. Um, strangely enough, I wasn't dying of hunger. I was, I was more than okay. But So I'm driving along and I see this sign, Four Seasons Hotel. And I'd heard about the Four Seasons in Bahrain that it was really good. Okay. So I follow the signs. I follow the signs, get to the Four Seasons, park in the garage. Oh, I come in and there's like the security thing. Turns out there's a guy there from Kenya. Get talking to him. He's lovely, absolutely lovely. Checks in the back of my, uh, of my vehicle. We're talking. I ask him about the different parking options. Then I find that he's from Kenya. I say a few things in, in uh, Swahili because I know the language a little bit after living down in Uganda. We're back and forth. Great old time. Every person that I've come into contact, at the mall as well, every single person that I came in contact with, the B&O shop guy, the place where I bought my flip-flops, I bought some other stuff in there, I went around. I went to the Panerai watch place, because I love Panerai, but I'm, I'm not going to spend that sort of money, but just tried a few on my wrist just to see what they looked like. Um, they looked really good. The Luminor, Luminor 2, wow. Um, black dial with the brown... The brown uh, numerals there oh, with the steel the steel strap oh just great just great did of course i'm not gonna do that anyway but everyone was lovely everyone everyone was 10 out of 10 on customer service friendliness being genuine just just a total pleasure to be around so coming to the four seasons the security guy is the nicest security guy i've ever met in my life parked the car walking in this garage and i don't know where to go to for the lobby there's this different stuff blah 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 there's these two guys talking in the car park one of them standing next to a very 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 late model ferrari don't know what it was they finished talking and i'm just walking and i passed them and the guy's broken off and he's gone to go towards his ferrari so i just stopped him and i said listen man sorry you're basing your conversation there sorry i just overheard you but Sounds like you know your way around this hotel. Can you recommend a restaurant for me? I just want to get some lunch. No problem. We go back. He says, cut this restaurant here, Wolfgang Puck. Bang, bang, bang. Have the sea, black sea bass. He was, he, was, he was a Ferrari driver owner that was lovely, that was genuine. Remember, I lived in Italy for 10 years, guys. I know Ferrari owners. They tend to be a bunch of wankers. This guy was fantastic. He was so nice at the end. I thanked him and said, by the way, beautiful car. He was like, thank you very much. Wank factor zero. At this point, I'm trying to work out if I'm on a different planet. I'm trying to work on a different planet. So I get in the lift. I go up the restaurant, come out. The maitre d' there is a woman from Morocco, stunning, uh, extremely friendly, takes me up to the uh, restaurant, takes me down. They seat me. Sometimes at a table for one, they can be a bit difficult in restaurants. Um, just laid it all on for me. No problem at all. Sit down at a fantastic spot. Guys, I had the first booze in seven months. So I started off with a Hendrix gin and tonic. Oh, my God, did that go down well. Went down like a nympho on speed. I know I use that one a lot, but wow, it was really good. Then a lovely Riesling uh, Austrian Riesling, couple of glasses of that. And anyway, about 10 or 15 minutes after I sat down, and there wasn't many people in the restaurant at this point for lunch, so I'm facing, I'm on a two-seater facing out 
over the over the over the ocean or the sea there, yeah, over the inlet. Right now, and I'm on kind of like the end table. And there's no one else around me. They seat this lady next next to me. All of a sudden, just as I get my first course, and she's seated with her back to the window, so she's facing me by herself, and she's turned towards me with open body language, and she's a 10 out of 10. Quite frankly, a 10 out of 10. Amazing looking woman, mid-20s, 25, 26, uh, from Bahrain it turned out, because I got talking to her. And at that point I thought, really, they've got, they've got hookers in the hotel, fuck. Because this, this does this just felt like a, it just felt like a total setup, set and you've got to understand, Bahrain, there's a lot of working girls there, a lot. And I thought the Four Seasons, uh, like that, that, stuff, that level of hotel, this sort of restaurant, you weren't going to get bothered. I just didn't want to be bothered with this shit. I didn't want to have to sit there because suddenly my lunch was ruined. My lunch was ruined because because she's waiting for me to open the door and blah blah blah. I just I didn't want to know about it. She was stunning, absolutely stunning. But I didn't want to play that game. I didn't want the hassle. I just didn't want it. I just wanted a lunch and to enjoy the first alcohol in seven months. So she's on a phone. She's looking up at me very occasionally. I'm not giving her anything. Eventually, I thought to myself, fuck this. I'll just open the door, find out what's going on. And I actually had a question because I'm drinking and then I'm going to be driving and I don't know what it's like over there in Bahrain. So I said to her, listen, are you from Bahrain? She looks up, very pleasant. Yes, she's from Bahrain. So I'm like, what's the story here with you know drinking and driving? And cut a long story short, in Australia, they'll set up traps where they'll block off an entire, sec- an entire section, all five lanes of freeway on a Friday night and breathalyze everyone. And if you're over 0.05, you're fucked. Bahrain, you're only going to get done if they stop you and you fall out of the car because you can't stand up. Not to say I drove like that. I didn't drive like that. But I just wanted to know what the parameters were. But she was lovely, open warm and with no ulterior motive so I I relaxed I relaxed at that point and then about 10 minutes later guy comes up and sits with her he's very pleasant he says hello to me when I sit down I say hello to him I've ordered the black sea bass I'm enjoying the black sea bass which was very nice they're asking the waiter about is the black sea bass any good I say to them well have a look at my plate. I'm enjoying it right now. They end up ordering it. She wasn't a working girl. I was very relieved about that because I just didn't want the hassle. But they were lovely. The wait staff were lovely. So I went downstairs after the meal to the bar. You can smoke inside. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I break out the unfiltered luckies. I'm at the bar. The bartender's fantastic. I end up having a very nice rum, very nice whiskey. Uh, lovely macchiato, smoked three or four cigarettes at the bar. It's the first time in 20 years I've smoked a cigarette at a bar inside. Boys. (sighs) Pay, have a wonderful time.
I can fully recommend the Four Seasons and the Cut restaurant. I think it's called Cut. Wolfgang Park, whatever his one is there. Drive home. Bit of a traffic jam. I picked the worst time to come out because it's basically everyone's going back to Saudi at this time on a Saturday afternoon. Once again, every single bureaucrat at every point on all the border controls was absolutely lovely. Absolutely lovely. And I'm driving back across the bridge over the Arabian Sea, which is spectacular. And I'm thinking to myself, I had a Saudi, a Saudi guy that I, that I, uh, I work, well, I don't work with, but his company I use uh, as a supplier. And he's a very proud Saudi, but he's been overseas to like Europe and that sort of thing in America. And he says, yeah, he said to me recently that Saudi's 50 years behind the West. It's not. It's 50 years in front. It's 100 years in front. It really is. The West is diabolical compared to this. I've never got this level of service from private service such as hospitality, restaurants, that sort of thing, to public service in my life. This level of friendliness, this level of wanting to go the extra yard to look after you. So with no ulterior motives, we're not tipping over there. There's no tips, though I did tip in the restaurant. It's not really done. Safe. There's no crime. No crime. There's been... I like, I like watches. I've always been a bit of a watch freak. Um, and, you know, I'm a little bit pissed off about how high-end watches like Rolex now have got to the point where you can't even purchase one in a store. I don't know why you know why they have stores anymore. You go in and there's nothing to purchase unless you're a woman and you can't even get on a waiting list. So why do you have a store anymore? Um, but I was reading a piece on um, the Watch uh, Online magazine, it's called Fratello, uh, where they were talking about um, uh, robbery, robberies of watches. Um, so apparently in Amsterdam or the Netherlands, there's, there's like one a day where they're going to hit a high-end watch, guy wearing a high-end watch, and they'll, they'll see them like coming out of a... They'll spot them in a restaurant that they've got the watch, and then they'll set it all up, and then they'll hit the target... This is completely unknown in the Gulf states down here in, in Arabia. Completely unknown to the fact that I read an article where there was this uh, watch uh, convention, you know, big sort of thing, and the guy from Europe stood up and did a talk on theft. And all of the uh, locals from Dubai are all sitting there going, what are you talking about? Watches don't get stolen. What are you talking about? They don't get stolen down in the Gulf states of Arabia. Today just kind of made me realise um, how screwed up the West is, how badly we have it on every level, and how how in general we think it's we're still the leaders, but how strangely the rest of the world thinks we're the leaders as well, and we're not. Bahrain's in front of anywhere in Europe that I've been to, anywhere, anywhere, and I've been I've lived in Europe for fifteen years. Bahrain beats it. Hands down. Hands down. Across the board. When they wake up and realise that is when shit gets interesting, I think.
The first world. They, they, when did they coin that term? In the 1950s or something like that? And then, of course, there was no second world. There was just the first world and the third world. I don't know what the second world was. Was that the moon? Was that Mars? New Jersey? I don't know. Tasmania. And the truth, of course, is the opposite, as it always is. As it always is with Globo Homo. I'll call this episode the first world episode because that's the great irony, the Alanis Morissette level irony of our, of our lifetimes. Us Westerners, we think we live in the first world. We don't. We don't. It's not even close. It's not even close. So anyway, I've come back. I've had a great day. I've got my Bio Sound 2 here. I'm looking at that now. It looks amazing in the brass. Um, and uh, I'm going to fire that one up. I'm probably going to listen to some Miles, some Miles Davis. I might put Bitches Brew on, I think. Um, and um, I just felt like I just felt like recording a podcast, doing taking a little time to do this because today was such an eye opener. And this is from a guy who's been travelling around the world for thirty years. Today was such an eye opener. It really was. And um, so what's the, the moral of the story, obviously, is don't, not only don't believe what you read or see or hear on the media, but the opposite is the case. Um, come out and check out the Gulf states. Come out and check out Bahrain. Come out and check out Saudi Arabia. These, wow, really, really amazing places. The most hospitable people that I've ever met in my entire life, really by a very long way. And any uh, Gulf State listeners who are listening right now, you should be extremely proud of what you have down here. I'm very impressed. So shout-outs, Captain Capitalism, Aaron Clary, at captaincapitalism.com there uh, with his Arsehole Consulting and, of course, his YouTube channel. He's got a new book out at the moment, which I am still reading, and I'm going to do a review on it soon. I promise, Aaron, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. Uh, he's a huge, been a huge supporter of me for five years, and uh, he's a great guy. So um, go and give him some support. Check out my books, Pushing Rubber, Downhill, and Run Guts, Pull Cones. Working on the third one right now. I know I've been saying that for a while, but I really am. I really am. There's some chapters that are, that are punching out. And, um, yeah, this has been fun. Don't you guys go changing. And uh, I'll see you next time. Ciao.